We've been at war, but from the moment, as a child, when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to Great Scott. Oh boy, man, I'm in the dangerous to go alone headspace. But um, <laughs> welcome to Great Scott. My name is Jay Ray, and with me is my deskmate Jacob. What's up, guys? How's it going? Man, there's a lot going on on my end, man. Let me tell you. <laughs> right. You said it, and I was I was just editing before we went live, and then. Uh, we got dogs walking around, but we're we're great. We're here. We're here to talk about season five of The Office. It's going to be awesome. Will be awesome. Yeah, we got um. Real quick, uh, what do they call it? It's house cleaning, right? That's the phrasing. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. House cleaning. Yeah, that's it. Not house cleaning. All right. Well, also weekends are cleaning days here, so I got all types of. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> So uh, if you are not yet a Patreon of Broken Jars, uh, visit patreon.com slash broken jars and, um, you know, very small donations, one to two dollars. <laughs> it sounds like she's tap dancing, right? Yeah, it does. Oh, boy. Okay. And um, uh, you get uh, one dollars. It's just kind of like a, a courtesy to us. And you're just saying that you kind of support what we do. Two bucks lets you uh, in on our exclusive where we have all types of... Um, cool conversations and behind the scenes chit chats and all that kind of jazz. And, um, it's really fun. The people have, uh, who've been in there have been really great so far. And, uh, it's, it's, it's good times. Except that one bastard, but whatever. <laughs> I'm joking. They're all cool. <laughs> um, That's right. I'm talking about you. Cheeseless. Cheeseless. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so how, how you been, man? What's been going on in your man, world? I am. I, uh, spent all week in California. Um, I flew out Monday, flew back, got home Friday morning at 2.30 a.m., still went into work at 7. Uh, so I'm worn out. My wife's gone, so I haven't seen her in like a week, and it's bothering. Mm-hmm. It's starting to get to me. But yesterday, I got Comic-Con tickets, so hey. going to San Diego, scored a sweet Airbnb uh, on that island, Coronado, so... Won't have to deal okay. with the buses, and if you've ever done like a con with buses, you know how terrible they are. Yep. Because at least in San Diego, it's um, like it's an hour. Like if you have mm-hmm. to take the buses to the hotels, it's an hour. Yeah. So this way, we'll just be able to take the ferry and do all that kind of stuff. So, and then just the Masters just finished and it was awesome. Because right, I love me some golf. But add that to the Jacob podcast that will be launching sometime in twenty. 20- 19 probably <laughs> once we accumulate enough information uh yeah that's cool man yeah um, san diego comic-con should be uh great i think so if you're really going cool. and you want to hang out you know let me know and we'll figure out a way to like meet up and maybe have like a broken jars thing <laughs> there you go yeah i mean if there's anybody to meet from the network it's definitely um the brains behind the whole thing that's you by the way <laughs> um, i don't know if i'm the brains cool. behind the whole thing yeah, you're the brains, but director Alex is the the fingers and the um the muscle. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh no, she does a lot of brain power on her own. So definitely the mom and pop of the old the old podcasting network. But um, yeah, I came from the um was in the city today, New York City, 
it's funny when I went to college, it was a debate because um, South Jersey kids would call Philly the city and North Jersey kids would say New York city is the city, but ultimately New York city is the city because New York could eat Philly <laughs> and, and shit it out in a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> but I was at an acapella concert. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I've done a lot of nerdy things in my life, Jacob. Yeah. This concert was on a different level. Okay. Let me just say that. Yeah. Well, you, you gotta um, like try to yeah, try to explain this. Well, so um, one of the ladies from the Pitch Perfect series was in it. Um, not one of the the bigger names, but one of the ones who participates in the sing song. And um, it was separated into two halves. The first half was like uh, nationwide high school acapella teams. So they came and they did a bunch. And then afterwards was international wide acapella teams who um, compete and stuff and they sang a bunch of songs and you know a talented bunch of people but i definitely didn't come in with the same passion that everybody else did so that's that's how you that's like oh this is not for me (laughs) like i get it and they did make everybody stand up at the end and sing um in the jungle the mighty jungle the lion sleeps tonight (laughs) so i was a wima wang um for a bit yeah it was a it was something. It was well, good. Yeah, you know, but, you know, I was, I was just trying to frame it. I was like, what would Andy Bernard do in this situation? He'd probably storm the stage. Oh, the mic, yeah. He'd yeah. like, he'd be throwing his tie up there. That's right. Yeah. So I, I was trying to be respectful about the <laughs> showboating from me. <laughs> so uh, last uh, episode when we left off, we were saying goodbye to season four. And we start today saying, what up? Season five, um, we've got, uh, well, technically, depending on how you watch it, four to three episodes for you to talk about. Right. We've got weight loss, which is a two-parter. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about business ethics, and we'll be talking about the hilariously awkward baby shower. Oh, God. The baby shower. Man, the less Jan, the better, but she's coming again all right so weight loss directed by paul feig and written by that crazy duo lee eisenberg and gene stupinski 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 it's one of those things yeah there's a t in there somewhere too like a second t yeah stupnitski that's probably as that looks more right stupnitski yeah gene send us a tweet (laughs) yeah (laughs) i didn't pronounce your last name (laughs) yeah um, yeah, so this is the season opener. Um, last we saw of the office gang was goodbye, Toby. Um, Andy and Angela got engaged. Um, Toby left to go to Costa Rica, being replaced by Holly Flax. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, this, this is an interesting episode because it takes place over the summer. Right. And I remember when I was watching this the first time, like, you know, when it aired live, mm. that, I thought it was really cool they actually bridged it. They didn't just have this like time off. They actually did a bridge episode. I thought that was a really, right. really good idea on their part. But, I mean, and aside from the moments where they say week one, week two, you don't really notice. Right. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty typical episode aside from that. Right. And you got, yeah, so corporate's having this weight loss competition for five. Well, I think it's three was three days and then become like three, the, yeah. just a five which you know that's a pretty big deal five i mean i mean five five vacation days is a full week you know mm-hmm. so i mean that's 
But I do have to say that like competitions based on weight loss is stupid. Because mm. you know every you know body, it's it's a lot different. Like if you have if you're starting with a bunch of skinny people versus a lot of fat people, the fat people are going to have the better advantage because it's easier for them to lose weight, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, like, in my opinion, it's the best way to do it is percentage lost. You know, so like, oh, 2,000 pounds, you lose 50, you know, take the percentage and not just the, the total number. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but like you said, ultimately, it probably just shouldn't be done. Right. Yeah. And so, we, 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 so Andy says he wants washboard abs. So, for the first time, Angela sees him. So, he, they haven't had sex yet, but we know at some point they do. Yeah. So, cause um, the yeah, duel is, point. you know, episode 12, so it's coming, has to be somewhere in this time frame. Right. Yeah, I don't know what the change is. I'm trying to think. Does she, cause her, she, she her, Angela stopping her affair with Dwight is really a, a short break, right? Yeah, it's the same episode. It's, the, yeah, so. Um, so theoretically they're both doing it throughout the whole time, right? Right, right. Like right through Moroccan Christmas, which is followed by the duel, I guess, right? Right, it is. Yeah. So, so, you know, she, like, she didn't go down to see him once and then, like, Andy pissed her off with the, um, telling, telling her that not having Here Comes Trouble was a deal breaker. So then she, like, calls Dwight again and. Yeah, yeah. Doggy, doggy, doggy. Okay. <laughs> um, so, let's see, what else? Um, I mean, so, a lot of people have different strategies. Um, we do find out that Stanley has decided on his own to start losing weight. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the running gag for him throughout the episode is that he is actually pretty successful um, in doing so. I think by the end of the summer, he loses... Um, Eight pounds or something? Seven pounds. Seven pounds, yeah. Um, While the rest of the office has a little bit of trouble, but Kelly takes probably one of the more extreme approaches. Um, She basically stops eating entirely and tries quite a few diets, one of the more popular ones being the old uh, maple syrup lemon cleanse. Have you ever done any of those crazy cleanse diets or any kind of crazy diet? No, you know, I think... um, as a practice, a cleanse for like a day or two, I think is a good idea to kind of like get some of that stuff out of your system. But obviously like Kelly like has decided like this is how she was going to eat now moving forward is to only consume the cleanse beverage, um, ultimately leading to her passing out, which is very funny. (laughs) (laughs) It is Um, pretty funny. Uh, one thing like I've done some interesting diets, one where like, I just didn't eat any solid food. Like I would like make like smoothies and stuff. So still getting a lot of nutrition, just, just mm. all liquid. Right. Is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, so we have like Holly Flax, like teaching yoga, which I don't know if you've ever done yoga, but that shit hurts. Like, yeah. I have uh, never been, I don't think I've ever been more sore after a workout than the first time I did yoga. I was in so much pain. <laughs> Yeah, not my um, not my choice of a workout for sure. I'm a slow walking on a treadmill kind of guy, or you know, um, intense faces on an elliptical kind of guy, or 
oh no the remote controls across the living room kind of guy like those are my workouts so mm-hmm. yoga is uh no <laughs> <laughs> uh, but apparently according to steve uh steve Carell, michael scott uh holly's butt uh just won't quit we do find that out so there's this really fun kind of story element going on as we um you know, it's part of what Jim sets Michael up to do in the last episode, but, you know, it's to slowly learn more about Holly, right? Right. Don't jump in. Don't start kissing her. Don't tell her you love her. Um, but, you know, it's like the slow burn friendship stuff. So Michael has these funny little moments where he pulls Jim aside, like in the bathroom or whatever, and like needs to like guy talk about it. Right. Jim does a pretty good job of trying to like hose him down, but Michael's uh, horniness is always going to prevail <laughs> but did you see her butt <laughs> um oh in, in this episode so, we learned that pam weighs 126 pounds so yes yeah <laughs> i um, don't i don't know if that's an accurate weight like i don't know if that was an actual scale they were using or if it was just like a number but yeah and i um not knowing my what my own weight should be I don't know what are good weights for women. I don't know how tall she is. I mean, I guess if I knew how tall Janet Fisher was, we can figure out what her BMI would be. Even though BMI is terrible, but we'll, yeah. we'll look it up. Why not? Um, so this is the um, creepy celebrity stalking element of Great Scott. Don't yep. have it very often, but we we whipped out some of these sleuthing techniques when we were trying to figure out who Andy's girlfriend was during product recall. And... Um, now we're trying to figure out the ideal weight for Jenna Fisher. Definitely not objectifying her at all. No one should right. complain about what's happening. Right. Uh, let's see. She's 5'6", so she's fairly tall for a girl. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Well, just type in 5'6", in and ideal weight. Um, I'm seeing 118 to 154. Yeah, seems about right. So she, she she's she's right on right on track there. Yep, yep. So there you go. Um, no reason to be ashamed about that, Bam. Nope, not at all. Yeah, even according to BMI, she she's in the optimal range. So we're doing great. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, uh, I'm not. <laughs> mm. But it's like the amount of weight I would have to lose to be in the option. This is one reason why BMI is just crap. Like I'd have to lose because I'm not a big guy. You can just right. see I'd have to lose 40 pounds to be on the high end of optimal. There you go. I'd be yeah, a stick my, figure. Uh, based on my BMI, I am obese. So, so that's pretty great. <laughs> it's always nice to have the internet say you're fat. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad though. Like, yeah, BMI is terrible. Like, every professional athlete is like way overweight, even if they're jacked. Like, you can't tell me they're not in good shape, but according to just their, because it doesn't take any of that into account because muscle is so much heavier than fat and all that other stuff. Right, right, right. Um, so, so I have a question for you, uh-huh. sir. Why is the warehouse not part of it, the contest here? It must be a corporate thing, like corporate, like, corporate only i guess or you know office workers since the warehouse guys are exercising anyway they're up and moving and doing right. stuff so maybe that's it i don't know yeah i guess it, you know because obviously Dar- so you know what the crew ends up doing is they're standing on a uh 
you know, a, a scale in the warehouse that they probably used to weigh the pallets and stuff when they're calculating shipping costs. Uh, so Daryl's there helping, but obviously the warehouse crew is not part of it. So just that it was interesting that they were cut out. That's probably more of a class issue, right? Right. And like, uh, like this is the season where the guy who plays Daryl just gets super big. Yeah, Craig Robbins and does go through some stuff. I mean, not to, again, not to do more celebrity gossip, but there was a stretch where he was busted with like meth. So, um, I think his, uh, success on the office caused him to go a little bit cray cray for a bit. Um, not that meth is a really classy drug. You feel like it'd be crack, you know? Come on, Craig. Yeah. You're better than that. You could do some crack. <laughs> oh boy. Drug addiction is not funny. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it is a little funny. <laughs> Um, all right, so so what else we got? So that's that. Oh, so there's another great bit with Kelly, too, where um, we find out that Creed actually, um, you know, supposedly sells her a tapeworm. I wish I knew what it was. Like, are you surprised? And like, <laughs> uh, part, of, part of me wonders if it was just like, I don't know, like a piece of plastic or something, just like something long and, you know, you move it around a lot or you put it in a jar and Kelly don't know any better. So she just swallows it, but or maybe it was just a regular worm. <laughs> you know, maybe it was just like a regular old earthworm. That would have been but, hilarious. But she does eat it, um, hoping that it'll help her lose weight. Um, I mean, yeah, Holly is already a pretty thin lady. Uh, similarly, I don't think Angela could lose a lot of weight. Uh, the doctors want her to gain weight. Right, right. So there you go. Um <laughs> Yeah, so the the odds are definitely stacked up against the office staff. Jim isn't, you know, he's not a big dude. No. Michael no, isn't. Does, what, what's that number that Jim promises? Like, 60 pounds 60 or something? 60 pounds, yeah. He would yeah. be dead. Yeah, no be more dead. Jim. Um, <laughs> the, so, so yeah. the, uh, we got, uh, yeah, at some point, Pam is going off to art school. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they're trying to sneak out. And Michael sees him and runs downstairs and falls down the stairs, which is pretty funny. Yeah. There's, there's a couple, there's a couple spots in this, uh, stretch of episodes where the physical comedy is really good. That's something I think the, mm-hmm. I think I've talked about before, but the office is a bit underrated for that. It's, it's got a lot of just really good physical comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. so he's like, Oh, like I, I, I wrote a poem for you, but I left upstairs. The last word is <laughs> seagulls. <laughs> but like so like Jim kisses her goodbye like hey you know be safe call me and like Michael tries to kiss Pam it's really bizarre I didn't really understand it especially when he's got this like Holly crush yeah well I figured it was more of like a paternal thing like he's not thinking about the Jim Pam relationship as a sexual thing in this particular instance you know so I think he's like kind of doing like this European thing <laughs> Maybe that that's all I could exp- I could like come to rationalize it, that odd kind of move there. Um, and, you know, heat of the moment, he's running out of breath. He forgot his poem, seagulls. Um, they took from a lot of other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So she ends up going to uh, the city. So we do see her college life and such. Um, and I mean, she it's a, it's a real college. She's got a dorm. Um, I'll try not to confuse what i've watched but do we find out that she's an ra in these episodes yeah we do is it this uh maybe not right maybe it's not till uh 
Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's when Jim goes to see her that we learn she's an RA. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, she is an RA now. Yeah, she is an so RA. She's, so she's really living like the actual proper college kind of kind of deal. I suppose like I think of a lot of other like adult programs where people are really just kind of, um, you know, like they go and they leave and it's more of a commuting situation. But right. I mean, she's in the midst of it. So she has crazy kids and their drama. Yeah, we get a whole bit about that in what, Baby Shower? Yeah, yeah. Sarah Kayakomsen. (laughs) Who's Sarah Kayakomsen? So, yeah, it's it's pretty good. And then we have this whole bit that sort of, it started in Goodbye Toby, but Dwight told Holly that Kevin's, uh, slow. Yes. He's, he's got a mental handicap. And, and just starts ripping into Kevin about it. It's like, you did this. It's like a GD monkey could do this. You yeah. know? <laughs> and then Holly like gets in there. It's like, what? You can't say that to him like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it gets awkward. And then, yeah, it's revealed that she's like, he's not an idiot. He is mentally challenged or something like that. Kevin's just like, great Kevin yeah. Lyle. He's like, like he says something. He's like, wait, what? You think I'm retarded? Yeah. <laughs> like um, perfectly yeah, desi- delivered. Um, yeah. It's a good line from Kevin for sure. And, uh, you know, and there's really no fallout for Holly with that. No. I mean, not that there needs to be anything like that, but she says it. It's kind of awkward for a hot minute. Right, and he's like, but Dwight, and everyone, <laughs> and yeah. just like, that's really offensive. <laughs> um, and sort of a, not really a B story, but like another thing that's going on is Andy's trying to find somewhere to have this wedding. You right. know, so he's like, you know, he makes the, all these non-refundable deposits for like hot air balloons, which there's no way in hell I would do that. I gotta think, I, I don't know. I gotta think about heights. So I don't know if I could do a hot air balloon. Uh, was a place in Maine, uh, Scream Wilkesbury Ballroom, which is apparently haunted. And there was another and one. I don't remember Epcot. what it was. Epcot. Epcot yeah. Some yeah. of these, what would you do? Um, well, I've actually seen one of the places where they do wedding ceremonies at Disney and it's really pretty. Mm. And I do love Disney World. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, so oh, scuba diving was one, I think. Is there a scuba? Is right? I, I think scuba diving was one. So, um, yeah, so that happens. And, like, how much money did he spend on this wedding? Yeah, Andy never has problems with money, and I just kind of feel like his parents are still continuing to help bankroll his odd behaviors. Right. Which is weird. He's an old dude. I mean, he's definitely late 30s, early 40s. Um but yeah, you're right. He, he dropped Mad Doe on this thing. And ultimately, we find out, um, you know, as the story progresses and him and Angela have their falling out, that Andy actually has to go on a lot of these um, honeymoons because he yeah. couldn't get his deposit back. How many, yeah, how many honeymoons? Like, how many, like, you got to expect he spent like twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 Yeah, I mean, he paid college tuition to marry this crazy chick. And one thing there there is a good scene with him where he's just like, you know, I uh you know, I'll marry you wherever and it's super sweet and like he actually does love her, you know? Right. Which is sad. 
because it's <laughs> Angela. She's I I there was a you know I was trying to tell my girlfriend I was like listen you'll get it Angela is a cutie patootie maybe not early on and maybe she's too mean. There's going to be a moment where it's all going to click, and I don't know where it happened for her, but my girlfriend was like, yes, I see it now. So I can see, so there's some benefits to the the nastiness that is Angela, because she's a cute little pocket size, adorable wife who may cheat on you, but you could stick her in your pocket. It just sounds, it sounds like a a nice day. (laughs) Or out at the American doll store. She's got this great talking head. Is like, I've got a nice pillow. I generally read a chapter two of a book, <laughs> and uh, it's lights out by eight thirty. That's how I sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I mean, honestly, it took me like two watches of that episode to realize the joke, but it's such a, it's a good moment. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorites, right there. Another highlight of the episode is, um, so, you know, they're still trying to lose weight and Dwight's a very competitive fellow. Right. So he, um, convinces, well, so for, for, so Phyllis is kind of a, a person who's at odds with what's happening, not on purpose, but you know, she, um, you know, she's one of the bigger people in the office and eventually there's a cake that's mentioned and she feels that they've done some good jobs and they've lost some weight. So they deserve a cake for Stanley's birthday, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is also probably a continuity error. I didn't look up when his birthday was previously stated, but I'm sure it has been or will be stated as a different day moving forward. But regardless, <laughs> um, so they end up getting some like fruit salad thing, and there's a secret cake in the warehouse, which is actually Dwight's creepy bang room. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I tried. Like <laughs> it, it actually didn't occur to me. Like that's why he was trying to get them out of there, is so he could yeah. go with Angela. <laughs> He's like, they should not be in there. Um, so do you think like he was trying to like? Do you think Angela maybe had been like, hey, yeah, we 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 should do this, and then like he went down there to find them. Do you think that's how they got caught? Because they don't hmm. say why he they're down. Like he doesn't. They don't say why Dwight's down there. That's a good point. But Angela's in that room though. Like she did walk in to consume the cake, so I feel like um, I don't know. Maybe Dwight is just snooping around too. It does seem like him to like maybe go on patrol or something, you know. That's true. Yeah. Yes, it is. But just all one of the notes. This is the episode where we find out that Pam is an RA because the Jim goes to New York and then ditches the camera. It's like, hey, look, there's yeah. a. He's like, oh, have you seen Pam's new art? Yeah. And pulls the old switcherooski. Yep. Um. So then later on, Dwight comes up to Phyllis and it's like, hey, you know, there's like a fire sale going on. I'll, I'll give you some of the commission or whatever. They go 60-40, Dwight. Um, and what ends up happening is Dwight drives Phyllis to a remote area of somewhere um, in the bad part of town, keeps her cell phone and her purse, and drives off. It's like a five-mile hike or something like that, I think. Quite What's a bit, yeah. Five miles. Yeah. Um, so Phyllis is livid and sweaty and gross and Dwight tries to turn into a positive. He's all like, you know, and you burned over a thousand calories, you know? Uh, and she calls David Wallace to rat out Dwight and kind of the misdeeds that are being done by this contest. But I guess the contest is still going on. Right. It's just reiterated that you should not be fat shaming people. (laughs) Or using extreme methods. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, 
Oh, this is also the episode where Michael grows his goatee. Yeah. Because apparently, you know, to be like Ryan's, I guess. Well, not well, I guess, funny, for I guess sure. Ryan asked Michael to help him move, right? Because that's when it happened. Mm-hmm. So is that Ryan just being desperate because he has no more friends after his fraud thing? Or, you know, is there really a, like a, a friendship somewhere down there and he's just too ashamed to admit it? Oh, man, that's tough. I mean, I, I to me, it's probably he knew Michael would say yes, so he did it. Right. You know, so that's kind of how I feel about it because Ryan's a douchebag. He's just how, a douchebag. <laughs> he's a whiz kid, Jacob. How dare you? Hey, they, those things are not mutually exclusive. That's a fair point. <laughs> um, yeah, so Michael gets the goatee. It's it's a terrible look for him. <laughs> I, I, it looks weird too. I think what is happening is like he definitely has like prosthetics going on. Not prosthetics, but like the fake hair. Right. Because his is so dark and like perfect. It's very Tony Stark. <laughs> um, and Ryan's looks a little bit more natural. Yeah, we also learn that uh, Michael keeps some condoms in his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> and he gives one to Jim because he doesn't want Jim to have a surprise pregnancy like he did. That's right. <laughs> like, Which is I guess you, how that happened. I guess you got to give him, like, credit for trying. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, trying what? Like, trying to, like, be with Jan and the baby and stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, at least, like, three episodes, like, there's an attempt. Right. Uh, presumably, he's gone to Lamaze classes based on... Well, yeah, I was kind of wondering that. It was actually something for the actual Babe Shower episode, but, like, you assume that he's been doing all that stuff with her, right? Yeah, because he said he would, or at least he said he'd... I mean, we know he, we heard him ask about it. Um, yeah, but I don't know, because I also feel like he... I don't know, because, again, in the Baby Shower episode, we do find out that the baby's been born already. So I don't know. It, I feel like he would have noticed. So maybe he became less involved moving forward. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's something I, I wish there was more. I don't yeah. know. Explain, um, so, explaining. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another side story that's going on um, is Holly. So we see Jan again for the first time in a while after Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, goodbye, Toby. And, um, you know, Holly finds out that this is an old flame of Michael's. So she's like, okay, well, you know, maybe. Oscar knows this cute yoga teacher. I can get his digits. You know, maybe that could be a thing. Um, after some very awkward I'm a lesbian jokes. <laughs> um, I felt sorry for, I felt sorry for, uh, her. <laughs> I really well, it's did. Weird too, because we know Oscar isn't really a jokey fellow. Right. But he gets more jokey as this goes on, right? Cause, yeah. cause we see him, I'm green it, they get kind of drunk, but we see him lighten up and business trip and a couple other things where, like, he starts to, to get funnier. Um, you see it in pool party in season eight. So he, he's starting to loosen up a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, no, that's a true point. Um, Jesus, I just lost my train of thought, Jacob. <laughs> oh no. So anyway, so we got that's about uh it's about the it for the first part of this episode. So we come when we come back into the second episode, Ryan comes back like a douchebag. He like walks in, and he's like, "Uh, what, you know, how's my favorite branch doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, Ryan, you're a douche." Yeah. <laughs> they, Kevin turns his, his name from fire guy to fired guy, and then that's to right. hired guy. Um, which is just as amazing, really. 
<clears throat> and then we find out Ryan is keeping a little diary of uh, people he feels has wronged him, and Kevin gets added to the list during the the immediate immediately following Talking Head. Right. And then he like he tries to. Oh, if he actually tries to um, be nice to Jim, or if it's just like whatever. He's yeah, like, I you think know, it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I give back to the community. He's like, oh, you mean your court ordered community service? Yeah. <laughs> like, Jim's having none of it. He's like, nope, you're, nope, not doing it. Yeah, it's true. And honestly, their, their friendship never reconciles after that either, right? Like, moving forward, they don't really ever get, like, paired up or have any, like, litty, little witty repartee outside of, like, it, it's as antagonistic as Dwight and Jim is usually, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's as antagonistic. They just, you know, they're not, they don't really do much together. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he also gets moved out of that space, right? He ends up sitting in a closet for a hot minute and all that kind of jazz, so. Well, he moves back to the annex for a while, and then. Well, well, I guess, uh, first, presumably, Michael Scott Paper Company happens this season, right? Right, right. Then he does that, and then, um. Right, and then Jim moves him to the the closet when uh, when Jim's in charge, and so he punishes him by moving him to the closet. That was right at the end, like okay, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's next season, like right for uh, I think is it murder? No, maybe I'm trying to remember. Like, like it's a season with um. Uh, maybe it's Scott's Tots. Well, because he leaves. No, it's shareholder meeting. That's that's when right. they. That's when he does it. I just couldn't remember. Okay, I got you. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's it. Anyway, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm all over the place. Um. Yeah. So the second half. I mean, so the second half is when the Phyllis thing happens. I believe, actually. Probably yes. Um. I mean, essentially, they are. We find out that they lose, right? It's like the morning of or something like that. They weigh themselves. They're not going to make it. But, um, you know, Michael's like feeling good. He's like, well, we have till the end of the day. Maybe we could do it. I mean, it's it's a lot, right? What was, it was like eight pounds. Eight pounds of that many people isn't that hard. If, if you're well, really, if you're willing to push it. Well, I think, too, they're going about it the wrong way. So when we were watching this episode, my girlfriend and I, um, I was like, honestly, you get some poops going, right? Maybe the sweating helps. And then uh, you you weigh yourselves naked post-poop. I feel like that, that that's probably the easiest way to do it because eight pounds is water weight between a dozen people. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, human body 60% water. So, I mean, I've lost a half a pound during a workout. Yeah, you know, and the sweat lodge isn't a bad idea either with uh, yeah. Andy and the plastic bags and stuff. Man, that if everyone did it, I think they probably would have made it. You know, but. Right. Uh, this is the moment as well, though, when uh, Angela kind of switches back and it's like, I'm not dealing with the the trebles coming over <laughs> to uh, sing at my wedding. And it, it, we also have this very uh, self-realization thing for Andy where he's like, I haven't had a hard life. Yeah, it's like it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And he's just like, hmm. And you know, he doesn't lose contests. He either wins them or quits them because they are unfair. That's right. <laughs> um, which is something I wish I could do. Don't we all? One day. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, like, so 
after everything, Michael comes in with his fat suit doing a presentation and gets Kelly up on the chair, just like telling, getting everyone to like say what they like about her. Right. And Phyllis is like, I wonder what people would like, like about me. Probably my jugs. <laughs> yeah. And she says it so seriously. <laughs> you know, so it's something I really hadn't caught, but there, there's a, you see Pam in class with the dude who eventually like tries to get her to stay. That's right. Um, and for some reason, the professor is talking about mold. I'm like, why are you talking about mold? Is this like about old paintings? Like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Yeah. Part of me wondered too, because she's living there. I mean, if I recall, you have to be a full-time student to live on campus. Generally. Generally yeah. anyways. So I'm wondering if she's also taking some general elective well, type classes. But Pratt's not like a college college, is it? I thought it was like an actual design school. Yeah, it's like an institute, the Pratt Institute. Right. So I wouldn't think they would need or have like history and stuff, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be, I guess, another misstep from the writers. Just be like, well, let's have them talk about something boring. What's boring? It's like, mold! <laughs> and they're like, nailed it. <laughs> Uh, we just see this great um, thing. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just lost my train of thought too. Uh, oh, well, the great, great Michael line. So Michael says something in the meeting about you know it's society, and Jim says you always say it's society's fault. What if? Well, maybe it's you. Well, if it's me, then society made me this way. <laughs> Yeah, which is like a Jim has the, the best gym. gym face where he's just like, yeah, that's pretty good logic, actually. <laughs> he's like, you are not wrong, sir. Um, so Pam and Jim are talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty normal conversation. Um, but I don't, there's, there's nothing in it that makes me feel as to what might have made Jim want to propose. But it's just kind of an idle conversation, and Dwight's being nosy, and he's doing his Dwight thing, and they switch to I am, which is also a phrase I had not heard in a really long time. <laughs> I mean, he texts, he sends someone a message, but everything's instant message. So to specifically call out I am is weird. Right. Just just a sign of the times, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, they decide to meet halfway. Um, exit 17. I, I got to say, as a New Jerseyan, who would be halfway between New York City and Pennsylvania. No idea what exit 17 is. <laughs> Pam makes it clear would be closer. Um, the only thing I could think of with exit numbers that low might be uh, the turnpike. But I think the turnpike goes up to 17. Uh, or 16, rather, not 17. So I don't know what the hell number she's saying. <laughs> um, and specifically, Montclair is exit 15, I think, off the turnpike. They were close. Saying, didn't add up. And I think <laughs> most people wouldn't care, but I literally live five miles from Montclair, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> what is she talking about? Um, anyway, so they decided to meet uh, midway through. Mm-hmm. Ends up being at this weird ratty gas station in the middle of the rain, right off a highway. Um, fun fact on how that shot, they say in the director's commentary, but I mean, they basically put up a store facade um, on the same lot that they shoot like the exteriors for the office or something like that. Like they were literally like a hundred feet away from where they normally shoot. Makes sense. And they just had a loop in front of the store facade. So inside, I don't even think you could go in the store 
it was, it's like North Korea status where they just have pictures of food that look nice <laughs> from far away. Um, and then they just have like 10 cars just driving in a loop and that caused the traffic and they got the rain machine going or whatever. Nice. Um, and, and also too, for whatever reason, I mean, it's a quick stop type place, you know, you go in, you pick up a coffee or some smokes and you get out. There's like no sitting area. Right. So I don't even, yeah. Right. It's weird. I don't understand the reason for meeting at that particular gas station. Well, maybe there's subway. Maybe, well, maybe there was like a, I don't know, a restaurant we didn't see. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but, um, and then specifically too, instead of meeting inside like they normally would, they literally met in between two gas pumps. Yep. Pam's just standing there. Doesn't make any sense, but very nice shot. Jim drops to his knee, drops the question. Um, and it's also weird. I mean, technically, if we treat this as one episode with part one, it's a season opener and they just, mm-hmm. they get engaged right there. It's a fine moment. I think no moment will ever top Jim coming back from the city to ask Pam no, to go out to dinner. Cause you know, uh, I mean, at that point, at that point, this is pretty much an inevitability, right? Like we all knew as soon as they actually got together, they were going to stay together. Right. But it was nice and everyone was very excited. I remember, I remember I was very excited to see it. Like we, I, yeah, yeah, it was very, very exciting. At the time, you're right. It was very cool. But yeah, definitely in retrospect, it's like, what a weird throwaway moment. Um, and they don't really talk about it. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the beginning of business ethics where it's like mentioned again. But, um, yeah, just a weird moment. Just, anyway, so they yeah. get engaged. Whoop de doo. Uh, their final weight was 2,175 pounds. They lost what, like 140 pounds? Total. Yeah. Total, which pretty good, actually. Yeah, not bad. Uh, let's see. They uh, started at 223.36 and got down to 2175. Mm, okay. So not bad. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. At the very end of this episode, we find out that Tobes got hurt ziplining in Costa Rica. Uh, so that, that was pretty funny. Yeah. And a little sad. Uh, yeah. Um, one, one more thing before we hop off though is that this episode does start this funny little trend. Um, it only happens for two episodes, but of Michael destroying things of Holly's. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, the yoga instructor doesn't work out. Michael offers to buy the counting crow tickets that Holly has purchased. Presumably, like a normal person would imagine, to go to the concert with her, right? Uh-huh. Um, which I also thought was kind of interesting considering how excited Holly is to start dating Michael. Like being an HR person, you feel like you kind of stay away from that. But regardless, whatever, buys the tickets. Holly's excited, rips them up in front of her, drops them on the ground, says, I'll have to pay you back tomorrow. <laughs> I have a $60 limit on my card. Um, next episode, uh, they end up going to lunch and... Um, you know, we'll talk about that conversation, but the leftovers end up getting thrown out. Well, he also throws away her salad. To, right, to invite her. He's like, look, yes. your food is no good here. Throws that out. Presumably she purchased it on her own. Right. And then Says, he makes her oh, buy dinner or buy lunch. <laughs> makes him split, yeah. Because he's like, it, the, you know, lunch is on Dunder Mifflin. Actually, wait, my company card got taken away. We'll split it. Um, and then later on, um, I think it's when she comes back. And this is a couple seasons from now, but um, we see Woody, like a little toy Woody right. that's given to her by her boyfriend, and he throws that in the garbage also. <laughs> so he just he just likes throwing her shit away. Yeah, I guess I never really caught the trend of that happening, but it does happen quite a bit. Yeah. Um, 
but that's that's weight loss. That's uh, we're back. We're in season five. Yep. Uh, and we find out Hobie got hurt being Costa Rica. Yep. Which I had gone ziplining in Costa Rica like a month before this episode aired, so it was kind of weird. It probably felt great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I didn't die, but I could also see how someone could break their neck ziplining in Costa Rica. It's not <laughs> like places here. Like no. Like, it's not near, like, they don't have the uh, safety standards that we do. Like, some of the platforms are made of just chicken wire. They're, like, 400 feet in the air, just chicken wire. <laughs> they know how to do it over there, man. Mm-hmm. Waste uh, and whatnot. So, uh, what, what are you going to give us up, this, these episodes? You know, it's, I think it's fine. Combine them together, it's fine. There's nothing that is particularly, like, hilarious. Nothing particularly. I mean, I I know there's the engagement, but like I said, it's done in such a like a lackluster way. It doesn't do much for me, so I'm just going to give this a straight three out of five tapeworms. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I felt about it. Uh, it's a good episode. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of there. It gets us into the season, gets it rolling. Um, you know, so I gave it also a three out of five. Exploding cans of Coke of soda. There you go. Whatever Jim calls it. But y'all, you Yankees calling it weird things. So, you, so is it, How is dare it you? pop or is it so like what, what's what's your thing? Like, well, so you know, I was I was raised both in the East and West Coast, but West Coast doesn't have the same North and South things that the East Coast does, I guess, because of colonial times. Um, but across the country, I call it soda. Um, I did have a friend when I worked at a deli back in high school who was from Iowa. And he called it pop. And my mom is from Maine and she's a weirdo and she says soder. <laughs> so th- those are the, those are the phrasings that I've run into. So being from Texas, I refer to everything. Everything is a Coke. Ah. So it's, you know, oh, I see, I see. You've Q tipped it. Yeah. What kind of Coke would you like? Uh, take, I'll take a diet, diet Mountain or whatever. Right. I see. I see. You're like, oh, look at all the band-aids we have as opposed to adhesive. Right. Or like, right. uh, Kleenex, you know, right. brand, right. like things are, are often brand named down there. Like, so you'll get a ginger ale Coke and you'll get a Sprite Coke and you'll get a Mountain Dew Coke. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's weird. Don't like it. <laughs> Add it to that Jacob podcast, please. <laughs> I hope someone out there is like cataloging every time you say that. So we have I, hope a list. So. I, I hope there's a wiki that we just haven't become aware of yet that's just up there. It's like jacob.wikia.com. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. All right. So we get into business ethics, uh, directed by Jeffrey Blitz and written by Ryan Coe. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce that last name. Um, so we opened up with Jim talking to Pam. And he's like, she's like, I'm really upset with all these people, uh, because, you know, they, no one congratulated me on my, um, on our engagement. So, uh, she, she's like, Oh, you know, so he does, he's like, I don't want to just deal with it. <laughs> and so he's like, fine, I'll do it. And just starts talking to her or talking to the office. And it's all like, uh, everyone thinks they're already engaged and Dwight points out that she's not a virgin, which I'm sure Jim knows at this point. Uh-huh. That's right. <laughs> and, and so she's like, wow, this is 
kind of bad. And then Michael walks in again for another great bit of physical comedy where she's like, Michael walks in and she hears him. She's like, Oh, nothing, nothing. And the creek comes out like the tall guy got engaged. It just tackles Jim. And I just love Pam. She says, it's like, sorry <laughs> on the other end yeah, of the line. Yeah. And there, there's another like two little funny moments that there also. So like she says, hi, Michael. And Michael waves. Right. Doesn't say anything. Waves. Obviously, phone call. Um, right. And then when she says, um, when Creed says a thing about engaged, he goes, to be married? As if there's like another <laughs> phrasing of engagement. But um, yeah, no, really great. I mean, Jim like straight goes dead faced. You know, there's no worry in it. He just like does the Jim face all the way down. Um, yeah. And Pam's timing is perfect. Um, I know. um the way they've shot these previously too is that the person on the phone is actually like around. Right. Um, Cause there's, there's a great blooper where, um, you know, Michael's listening to Jan's message. I guess I missed you. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So some of the bloopers is he keeps, he's like, let's just listen to the beginning and he hits it. He goes, I guess I missed you. And then he fake hits the button again. So, you know, what's her name? Melina Harding or something. Right. You know, she, she's just off camera somewhere and she goes, I guess I missed you. I guess I missed you. I guess I missed you. And then she starts cracking up or whatever. <laughs> um, so presumably, you know, Pam's over there and then you got the director, uh, Mr. Uh, Jeffrey Blitz here and he's all like, and sorry, you know, <laughs> like perfect timing. Really, really good stuff. According to Wikipedia, uh, business ethics was viewed by 8.99 million people. Pretty good. Yeah, when it first aired. So there you go. Um, yeah, so we got that engagement. Episode starts, and uh, we find out that Holly is tasked to have given the office a questionnaire and to discuss business ethics at Dunder Mifflin. Uh, her and Michael kind of walk into the conference room doing um, Olivia Newton. Is it Olivia Newton-John, or is it just Olivia Newton? And I'm adding John because of Elton John. Uh, I'm not sure, but the song they're like dancing to is like... Physical. It's so dirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I don't know if I'd actually really heard it, but I heard, I was somewhere, I think I was in the airport and I heard it playing, so I started listening to it. I'm like, holy crap, this thing is like really dirty. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that's that's the part of the humor too for it being like the ethics song, right? Right, right. It's like inappropriate for work for sure. The song is all about just wanting to, you know, have all the sexy times. That's right. I get it. Um so, um, so they do their dance. It's weird, but Holly's like a big nerd, as we've learned already. Right. And we learn that the reason they're having this ethics seminar is because Ryan's back. Yeah. You know, so he gets all you know uppity about. It. He's like, yeah, you know, when I was in New York, I slept with this girl who looked just like this girl from Survivor. Yeah. And then, like, for whatever reason, Michael just starts clapping for him. Yeah. He's all like. Good job, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think they're doing it not because he's back. I think it's just they were just going to do it. And coincidentally, he happens to have been rehired as a temp. Maybe. The same company. Yeah. But um, so it's awkward they do that. And then Holly basically is just reading from her manual various scenarios and trying to figure out what people's thoughts are, are on it, you know. So, so uh, would you have been a totally agree or – very strongly agree. Right. She says, ideally, we would want you to totally agree. Um, and those questions are just such BS, right? Because they're always like such, you know, infinitesimal little 
degrees, right? Totally agree, strongly agree, mildly agree, then it's disagree. There's just three varying degrees of like, yeah, that's good. Um, but then Oscar goes, no, this is just like anti-theft rules. Like this isn't really ethics. And uh, Michael tries to save the meeting by saying, oh, you're losing them or whatever. Um, so they jump into this kind of, according to Michael, a, um, like a punishment-free zone of admissions, right? Right. So they talk about all the different things that everybody's done in the office that may have been unethical. So we got Oscar with the long lunch, which yeah. I don't know who doesn't take long lunches. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching the original Power Rangers on Netflix now that I could download it, and my 30-minute lunches take about 40 minutes because each episode's <laughs> 20 minutes long. So. Uh, then let's see. Kelly is download downloading pirated music to her work computer, yep. which is bad on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. yeah She's probably using Kazaa or LimeWire. Yeah, with all those like crazy ass viruses. And stuff. That's right. <laughs> uh, Angela reported Oscar the INS. He's clean, <laughs> yep. but she's glad she did it. Um, Michael has admitted that he, when he discovered YouTube, he didn't work for five days. <laughs> Cookie Monster sings Chocolate Rain. Yeah. Um, and lastly, Meredith has a, a big reveal. Yeah, it's, yeah, the crux of the episode. She's boning the supplier for, um, of Hammer Mill, yes, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> Bruce! Right, so apparently he's well known, at least on some level. Um, And so she's sleeping with him for a discount and paper and Outback gift card, the Outback Steakhouse gift cards. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of like the big reveal. Michael just kind of laughs it off. Really no one in the office feels much about it, but Holly obviously feels like it's an egregious breach of... I mean, it is. I mean, you can't do that. Well, so that was... I was just watching this episode earlier, and uh, it was asked to me, like, you know... So later on, you know, the goal of it is to be swept under the rug or whatever, and it was proposed to me, like, is that something that would really happen? And I said, well, we know moving forward that Dunder Mifflin no longer stays open as a company, right? Right. So shoddy ethics are not something... It's something that you would expect at a company that is going to be gone by, you know, in two years, you know? Right. Well, and it's something that we, um, we just kind of expect out of Dunder Mifflin. This is not like when they finally sweep it under the rug, it's a completely, you know, it's just what we expect, right? You know, I mean, we're not surprised this happens. They are a very terrible company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bad weight loss initiatives. You have higher ups, bank. Regional managers stifling their raises, um, all types of yeah, and then you know, there's all yeah, there's just all sorts of bad ethics stuff. Yeah, so right, Holly thinks it's terrible. Wants to bring Meredith in to have a conversation about um, you know, what what can be done. You know, how far does this go, and what are the repercussions of her behavior. Um, B storyline is Dwight says he has never wasted company time. Which we already know isn't true. We've seen him playing Second Life. He right. ran his bed and breakfast from his desk. I mean, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff in there. So I don't know if it was just him being like uppity about it or like trying to like puff out his chest or whatnot. But yeah, like 
this is very obviously not true. Why are you doing this? And then Jim yeah. just gets, Jim starts timing. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Leading to one of my favorite moments um, when Jim is talking to Andy about last night's episode of Battlestar Galactica. It's got Wookiees. Like, totally wrong about the whole thing. Yeah. And Klingon. Like, a shot for shot remake. Yeah. The Dumbledore, Calrissian. Yeah. <laughs> I love how Andy's just like, I don't think that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, so Dwight's like chewing on his paper and stuff to try to stifle his reaction to Jim's terrible reciting of the lore of Battlestar. <laughs> and we learned that, like, Dwight can sneeze um, with his eyes open, which I didn't know was possible. Yeah. Well, and also, we know that Dwight has problems peeing in cars, but apparently he is not new to peeing in carbonated beverage reciprocals, right? <laughs> so he peed in a can, cut his penis on the lid, totally fine. Um, but we do find out that uh, he can pee in a two-liter bottle of soda underneath his desk with no problems. While working. While working. Um, and, of course, while Jim's timing all that, he has done nothing himself. <laughs> Be, being that vigilant is exhausting. I'll That's probably have right. to go home early. <laughs> So we get back to the A storyline. We we get the the deets about everything, and Michael basically is trying to get Holly to to leave it alone, right? Right. And uh, so as we were talking about earlier, he goes like, "Your food's no good here." Throws her stuff in the trash. She looks pissed, like hella pissed. Right. They go to this <laughs> seafood restaurant that is uh, Michael likes to call it business romantic. Uh-huh. I would really like to see a business romantic restaurant. Um, yeah, I don't need to see that, but uh, <laughs> I imagine they exist. And um, the fact that Michael has found it and has used it as his base of operations to start um, wooing Holly in this really awkward situation of prostitution in the workplace. Is this, um, is this the same place he takes Aaron for Secretary's Day? I mean, I maybe know. it kind of looked the same, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Might be, but obviously, platonic in that case. Right, right. No intentions of blinking her. We yeah. learned that Holly is from Des Moines, which yep. makes me hate her a little bit because I hate the state of Iowa. There you go. That's great. We are very accepting on the Broken Charts Network. <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah. yeah. Did we get yeah, a great no, Michael yeah. as a contemp- contemplative? Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael throws out her leftovers. They obviously have a bad lunch. They can't really see eye to eye out of the whole thing. Right. Holly And Holly's not wrong in what she's saying, right? No, no, she's, she's not wrong. It, an interesting thing is, like, Michael has two lobsters. <laughs> yes. And he proposes that they just get, basically get her a chastity belt and say no, no sex for six months. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like something with underpants and spikes or something. It's like that's how he's <laughs> he just has this look on her face, like, uh, what's going on? Yeah. Um, ultimately, this leads to a phone call with Kendall, the um, corporate HR representative. Mm-hmm. I guess the head of HR, really. Right. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and it, so it's funny because we find out um, earlier at the end of season three when Jim is doing his interview or whatever, David Walsh is like, 
you love everybody here. Well, except for our HR guy, Kendall. He's he's kind of terrible. Well, right. And we find out hating the HR rep is kind of a running thing at Dunder Mifflin also. Um, but this is that, Kendall. And um, sounds. And um, basically, Kendall gives Holly the business being like, you know, well, this is good for the company. Don't rock the boat. And really, I just ask you to do a simple thing. And if you can't do that thing, it's really sad and awkward. And Holly, obviously, is just being like this really positive force wanting good things right. to happen. Um, and Kendall is just being this corrupt jerkwad, you know. Um, and <laughs> Michael has this great talking head where he's all like, well, how do you tell someone you care about? I told you so. Or whatever. Yeah. He's like, with a, with a joke? With a rose? Yeah. Or do you just let yeah. it go because you know it's going to make things worse? <laughs> worse. He's like, probably with the joke. <laughs> um, and then Holly ends up doing the seminar. Michael, you know, is shouting at everybody to get in there. Right. Um, and, you know, he comes up like, big. Up a job. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then we see the, the, the bounty of Meredith hooking up. Uh, with she like brings all this food from Outback. Yeah, she has like steak sauce in her car or whatever like that. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine anybody in my office being uh as gross as Meredith in this context of behavior, but yeah, I feel like if she fed me lunch, I'd probably be okay with it. <laughs> she uh cuz you know, maybe it's a girl thing, but when she got those Outback gift cards, uh she just felt good about herself. That's right. That's it. That's and, all it is. And, you know, she wouldn't have done it because Holly was just trying to like, hey, is this just a personal thing? You know, because if it's not, if it's a, if it's personal and we're not getting a discount because of it, it's a bit better, you know? So, but right. she's like, no, no fruit in those looms. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael's just like, please God, stop. Please God. We're trying to help you. <laughs> Um, let me see if there's anything worth, um, right. As you said, Michael orders two lobsters. Um, oh, Michael has a glass of wine when he's eating. Um, and Holly ends up eating the salad, which is basically what she was going to eat before Michael threw it out. Right. Um, Meredith claims. Oh, so, and we find out that Meredith was banging Bruce for six years, which is like nuts. Um, Yet Hammer Mill was exclusive to Stables on 2 2006, according to the events of the convention. Right. Right. So some uh, retcon continuity fun for everybody out there keeping track. That's All right. True. So, yeah. J-Man, what would you give this uh, episode? Uh, You know, it's okay. It's fine. Again, just kind of fine. Uh, yeah. It's got some funny parts in it. Uh, So I gave this a 3 out of 3 out of 5 or 3.3 3 out of 5 business romantics. Yeah, I'm 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 following you there, man. I gave it a gave it a three out of five physicals. Just uh, yeah, fine episode. It's fine. No, it's no, about, it's just it's just it's fine. <clears throat> I mean, what happens with I think episodes like this that are like just fine is that you forget the jokes are part of that episode. Right. You kind of extrapolate it out and you attach it to like another better episode that's like later on. But it's fine, you know. This only furthers my opinion that after season three, everything continues to go downhill. Well, there's a, they, they change it up a lot in season five. There, there's definitely a change in how, like, the writers and the directors, there's lots of new guys, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. The office definitely starts to take, like, its third, 
kind of uh, tone, tonal shift. Because you got season one, which is very British. Two and three and four are kind of along the same track. And then five starts to change to like this new. When, when did uh, Parks and Rec start? I think, uh, what is this, 2008? I want to say 10. Um, but I could be full of crap. Let's see. Parks. And 2009. Rec. 2009, so next year, the following year after this season. Because so, I know a lot of, at this season, a lot of the writers shifted to Parks and Rec. So that's one reason why we got a lot of new writers. Well, the uh, the fellow who plays Moe's uh, is the, the head writer or the showrunner for Parks and Rec. Right. Um, his name is escaping me now, but we've said it like a thousand times before. Anyways, so last up... We got Baby Shower. Oh, Baby right. Shower. This is uh, written by Aaron Shore, directed by Greg Daniels, OG Greg Daniels. OG. Um, and it starts off with Michael and Dwight doing some role playing about the birthing process. <laughs> with a uh, watermelon. So Dwight's walking around the yeah, Dwight's walking around with a watermelon kind of strapped to his stomach in an apron. Uh, Michael is just trying to be as casual as possible, but then Dwight goes into labor. Right. I'm screaming, I'm screaming, I'm screaming. The pain. Very, yeah, I think that's usually how it goes. And then, like, Andy's uh, like, or Michael's like, Andy, do you want to have my baby? He's like, yes. And Dwight's like, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he's all like, all right, take a Sharpie, make a mark that only you will recognize. Right. To stop any baby snatchers. And I just love how, like, there's a scene where everyone's just, like, watching this unfold. <laughs> Yeah, like obviously everybody has to stop work because what's happening is insane. Um, the watermelon is born. Michael grabs it and drops it promptly, right. which is honestly what would happen with a baby and Michael. Um, and but we learned he holds babies all the time, you know. So that's, yeah, it's true. Um, so so that's the great beginning. That is definitely not terrible foreshadowing for any babies that Michael will have in the future. <laughs> and we also learned that. Uh, Michael's related to this baby through delusion. That was, a, right. that was a great. Was it? Or Jan's having a baby with a sperm donor. Michael's having a watermelon with Dwight. And how are they connected? Through delusion. Something That's like right. that. Um, so the party planning committee is throwing Jan's baby shower, which is awkward. I mean, I guess it's by Michael's suggestion, right? I can't imagine Jan wanted this to be done. <clears throat> But, um, you know, uh, Michael's rationale is that Phyllis received a her wedding shower, right? Her bridal <laughs> shower at the office. So Michael wants his golden shower. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, and they're, they're prepping all this stuff. They're collecting money for some cake and some people are kind of, uh, you know, fighting it a bit. They're like, it's not even Michael's baby. They're not related at all. Like, why are we? putting up any money at all um oscar deems it pointless um angela's setting up a guess who's baby game uh, oh yeah that's a really great bit right yeah um because then we get to see angela as a baby and uh that's a tough picture it's a tough looking baby yeah yeah and i love how like it's just you know you know because stanley's the only black guy is just like the black baby <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's now, like, did oh, they use that. actual baby pictures? I believe that is correct. Yes. Because I mean, they do kind of look 
Like, yeah. You know. Um, and we also learned that there's Asterd if it's a girl and Chevy if it's a boy. Yep, good old Asterd. Now, I'm not entirely sure how this works, but don't you know the sex when you get artificial insemination? Hmm, well. No, because they tend to use a lot just to hope to God <laughs> one of them sticks. Yeah, they, they just dump a bunch of seed inside of a vagina is my understanding. <laughs> And um, they just shoot it right up there, and like you said, there's there's quite a few duking it out uh, for the old for the old one egg apartment. <laughs> and uh, right, and I guess theoretically, once they're trying to check if uh, the actual conception has occurred, but they have to wait a bit before they know the gender, I believe, because then they're looking for. I think they look for genitals or what have you. I don't really know that part either. Obviously, you and I, not parents. Right, right. Don't but... really know. Um, and I guess presumably Jan wanted it to be a secret, you know, so maybe she asked them not to, uh, or she already knew and she lied to Michael. She's like, yeah, you can name the boy cause I know I'm having a daughter, you know, that's, that's sort of the feeling I get, you know, yeah. that like she knew at some point and just didn't tell Michael. Right. Right. Um, it, you know, for the love of God, people out there, give your kids normalish names. <laughs> yeah. Like Jason Lee. Um, whose kid is named Autopilot Inspector, or Gwyneth Paltrow, who named her kid Apple, or Kim Kardashian, who named her daughter North. <laughs> Great names. Uh, I remember reading something that's like, every year, like, a hundred children in the U.S. are named uh, ESPN. Oh. They, they generally pronounce it ESPN, but yeah, yeah that's a thing. That's tough, that's tough. Well, I like, it's always funny, too, to, like, see what's, like, popular in culture right because for a hot stretch hermione was the name right katniss was the name for a bit and um there was something else recently that was just going around but i mean and obviously it's it's the ladies names who uh is what sticks out because women have the more interesting names i guess dudes are always just named john or something stupid right right uh, bella i guess from twilight i think was also a popular name for well her. now like uh now jacob and edward were big for a while oh yeah those went yeah and it's just uh it's tough tough yeah so name your kid something normal like a water bottle all right so so i pulled up just a, like a list of so we got your your worst names of 2016 meldor Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that's rough oh poor kids just don't get him don't do something that's gonna get him beat up in the schoolyard yeah, I mean, at least if it's like Hermione or Katniss, there's probably at least another two or three kids in that class that have the same name, so it's okay. But right, Meldor. <laughs> Let's see, Beverly, B E B E R L Y. Come on, guys, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> Beverly, Danger. Yeah, that was a name. Makes sense. Now, if you made someone's middle name Danger, you might be able to get away with that. Like, yeah, there's so some poor perfect, child man. got was named Little Sweetmeat. <sighs> that sounds like it's asking for trouble. <laughs> you shouldn't have the word meat in your name. That should be a rule. That should be a law. Unless, um, like, your last name is Butcher. That's as close to as meat related <laughs> as you can yeah, get. Yeah, that, that's almost okay. So Stanley has a really great bit here where he doesn't really get the fuss around pregnant women and says that he hates uh, 
He hates it because he also suffers from their problems, such as swollen ankles, constant hunger, varicose veins, and nipple chafing. And you need to know the fastest way to the hospital. That's right. Um, let's see. So Jim and Pam are trying to figure out ways to communicate with each other. This is the Bluetooth, right? No, this is not the Bluetooth. No. no. Oh, right. It's because they keep missing each other. That's right, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's sad, but it's like a nice moment in that relationship where, like, you know, it's just off, you know, and it just shows the difficulties of long-term relationships like that and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, um, this is an appropriate difficulty to give to this fairy tale couple. Right. Right. There yeah. are issues that they come later on, which are too tough for me to discuss. <laughs> I may, I may leave the show before we get there because it is, how, how dare they? How dare they? How dare they? So, like I said earlier, we learned that Michael loves babies. Yeah. And so there's this montage of him holding these different women's babies, and they all seem to be very happy about it. I don't know many women who would just randomly give a baby to a stranger. (laughs) Well, I I bet you that he has a pretty good demeanor about, like, coming up, you know? He's like, oh, you know, your baby's very cute. I mean, if we recall the way he treated Hannah's baby— he said, may I? And she said, yes. And he crawls under her desk and does the look who's talking now bit. He's like, hey, ma, you know what I could use? Milk. <laughs> um, which does not seem to be what he's doing with these these women out in public. So that, that's a step up. Right. So and we learned that uh, they all pulled their money and got her a stroller. Yes. Which, um, But she already has a stroller. That's $1,200. The orbit stroller. Where did she get the money for this? Does she have a job again? Yeah, well, I always wondered. Well, she got fired, so she would get severance. I mean, and she says Candles, uh, was it Serenity by Jan, was doing well after that girl went missing. But right. not that well, right? Right. And, you know, this is as much as Dwight's bomb shelter. Yeah, yeah. Which, well, I mean, unless it's like the sort of like a tornado shelter, there's no way you could build a bomb shelter for 1200 bucks. There's just no way. Well, Jacob, the, you're not a, you're not a shrewd. The the you cement that may be, but the cement alone would be a couple thousand dollars. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think this is when we like just more proof that Jan is just bad shit. Uh, yeah, she's so she's singing "Son of a Preacher Man," which again is a very dirty song. Well, true, but real. Let me just stop you. We just to point out when she shows up, she has the baby. Right. Right. This is the she, big joke of the episode, right? She's got the baby, and everybody's there, like in the baby shower mode, like trying to figure out what the kid's name is going to be. She's got it already named it Astrid in a twelve hundred dollars stroller. Baby's there, and right, Jan starts singing this terrible, terrible song <clears throat> for um, twenty it, minutes. Yeah, so long. It's so awkward, uh, and that is really her singing too. Um, the wikia here says. Um, they used her real life talents in singing. I think she's fine. I also wondered if she was intentionally off at moments for humor, or is she not a very good singer? I mean, even when they use her in Threat Level Midnight, she's not that good of a singer. Yeah, it's not that great, right? Right. Like I always just thought, I thought it was her, but I also thought it was her. I just think she's a bad singer. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so Dwight decides to test this orbit stroller around, yeah? <laughs> it better be indestructible for $1,200. Uh, 
Um, so he does what he calls the bumper test, essentially uh, tying, well, putting a watermelon inside, presumably a different watermelon than one that Michael was eating. Right. Um, puts in the stroller, ties it to his car. Well, first he like throws it a bunch of places, right? He pushes it into a fence, throws it off of like two, three foot rocks. Um, but then he ends up tying it to his car and like backing into it, driving off quickly, dragging it around, no longer on the wheels. Um, and from what I could tell, the watermelon stays intact the whole time. Right. So, it's supposed to be a great stroller. Great stroller. I wonder yeah. if it's a real stroller. <laughs> I'm sure something like that exists. Um, safe to say, though, by the time Dwight's tests are done, he probably wrecked that stroller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, holy hell, what did he do to, like, like what, what was Jan's reaction to that? Right. Right. Um, yeah, unfortunately, we never see because he's already put it, like, in her trunk. <clears throat> yeah, but that thing's got to be wrecked. Um, Jan falls asleep for a hot minute, and, like, so the baby's kind of, like, doing some adventuring around the office. Angela has it set up in a very creepy photo shoot where it's sitting in a bed. Yeah, like, what is... Um, well, one, that's a really bizarre thing to do. Like, like you gotta, you got to have some balls to, like, do that with someone else's child. Well, we know she loves those types of photos, right? Right. It's kind of her thing. Um, yeah, I mean, if she just feels like that's just the way babies should always be photographed, maybe it's... I mean, she's a weirdo. What can I say? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does take some balls. And obviously, Andy doesn't really have a say in the matter, right? He just has to do what Angela says. So. Right. Yeah, it's a real stroller. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it called that? Yeah. Or yeah, if you no. look at it, it looks exactly like what you had. Um, and it's thousand twelve hundred bucks, depending on the uh, the one you get. So yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. Wow. All right. Well, if you don't want Dwight Schrute to run over your baby, put it in one of these strollers. <laughs> <clears throat> that's the only advice I could ever give anybody, because Dwight will probably run over your baby. <laughs> um. Let's see here. So Michael uh, ends up downstairs in the warehouse has a bit of a heart-to-heart with Daryl, talking about baby daddies. Right. Um, and now, basically, he holds Astrid, and he doesn't really feel connected to it, and how does Daryl get around being a baby daddy? And Daryl's like, please stop calling yourself a baby daddy. You are not that kid's daddy. It's not your baby. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. <clears throat> um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't really know what he gains from it specifically, but it seems to be a helpful conversation for him to have. Right. Um, and then uh, Jan starts to make her way out. You know, Astrid is now in the, the cheaper stroller that everybody purchased with the very expensive destroyed stroller in her trunk. Um, yeah, and then they uh, they head out. Oh, so we didn't talk about this at all. But so obviously Michael has this thing for Holly. Right. And, so- and makes, yeah, makes a comment early on that he will be mean to her so as to not make Jan feel jealous or whatever. Right. And he's going to be doing the same thing with Ryan. That's right. The attractive people in the office. So we we assume that because of the way Michael's acting, Jean understands what's going on. Mm. So part of it is, you know, like Jean obviously has a problem with uh, Holly from the get go, right? right. Um, she's kind of mean to her. Um, then she asked Michael not to date 
Holly at the end of the episode. So my question here is like, what is this really weird attachment fixation that Jean has with Michael? Like, is it like, does she just want the ability to always have him around or is it like, is there some actual like feelings there? What What's going on? Yeah. I never thought about it until you just phrased it that way. But I, that makes sense is that she's keeping him as like a backup, you know, in case, you know, raising the kid by herself kind of becomes too much. Michael obviously wanted to have a kid. It's like an easy guy to trick in that situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But um, that's got to be it. I, cause I don't think there's any real feelings for Michael at that point. Because even like the later times that we see her, like there's no remorse. They never ever try to get back together again. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I got to imagine. Is she's just looking for like a backup baby daddy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I figured. It's just, just weird, you know? Yeah, no, it it is an odd thing. Um, but we don't really see Jan in a lot of relationships, and presumably her relationship with her husband was pretty normal. Right. So every time we see her do something weird with Michael, it's always like the first time. So it's hard to like pinpoint it until it plays out. But I've that backup kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just, it's just um, such an interesting thing. This is the last time we, we really don't see Jan again after this. Like she pops up and like here and there like the season seven and season nine but beyond that this is pretty much her being done with the show yeah she doesn't really like leave any more story impacted moments and you know the baby's now born out of michael's life comes up again briefly when michael thinks he has herpes um and then again when she bangs dwight jr Um, (laughs) but yeah generally doesn't really leave much of an impact on the show anymore Mm -hmm. right it's Like, I think, yeah, she comes up a few times, but not, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Michael runs, not runs, but you know, he briskly walks to Holly's office, and he's had a rough day, and Jan says the thing, don't date Holly, and that just kind of solidifies Michael's desire to already date her, you know? Right. Um, so, and they have the, the, a really awkward hug. But it's and like, I she's think, so happy. Well, and they're both really happy. I think out of context... Though, that's a hard scene to sell. Right. But they're really banking on us knowing the gang for four plus years at this point. Um, and to just understand that that's how Michael shows affection. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really weird. It is really weird. Uh, and, I guess it'd be more assaulty if he like tried to kiss her, right? Right. And he's just like, do you want a date? She's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think the episode ends with that Jim Pam call, but yeah. Right, which is really sweet, you know. It's like, oh, y'all think yeah. alike. Y'all are the same person already. It's terrible. Well, um, something yeah. that's crazy is, like, Holly leaves. Like, she gets transferred to, into episodes. Yes. Crime aid happens, and then employee, employee transfer happens. It's like, what's going on? Why? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, Amy Ryan was already on the wire and um, she had been in Gone Baby Gone, I think, already at this point, too. So she was kind of like a more respected, bigger name-ish. I mean, she's no household name, but, you know, she's like a sought-after actress. So I suppose that her contract with the show was like a lot less. Mm. Um, and I, But I do wonder, like, if um, having written all this stuff, if they knew that she was going to end up with Michael when Michael leaves, you know, I'm sure they were hoping. Right. Because she is, I mean, she really is the one that Michael needed to be with at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> More so than Jan and Carol. And, right. You know. 
her leaving did like prompt some stuff, you know, like there, there's definitely, it creates these diverging plot points that get hit throughout yeah. the series, you know, right? like a business trip and there's a, yeah, a bunch of stuff going on. So the herpes stuff, the herpes stuff, uh, the lecture circuit, lecture circuit, right. Uh, oh, I'm just thinking like even stuff just like not, um, it, I think it really helps inform the character because especially it gets next season when Michael starts dating the married woman. Yeah, the bar owner. Yeah, it definitely has a very like he, he's you can tell he had he hit that just like screw this mode where he didn't care anymore. Right, you know, right. and I he's think like, this is really part of it. But right, exactly. All of his standards are just lower. Well, it's not. It's, he just doesn't care. You know, it's like nope, yeah. screw you guys. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, and he said it before on the show, too, before Holly showed up, but, like, he goes back into that, I'm looking for a hot affair, not companionship. Right. Holly was the companion. Wants nothing like Holly ever again. After that, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so uh, what do you think? What would you give this episode here? Uh, You know, again, okay. It's just okay. Uh, 2.8 yeah. out of 5, Nature's Bounty. All right, um... I made it a three, Pete, and I gave it a, a three out of five ass turds. Um, yeah, again, another another fine episode. Doesn't really do a lot for the long run stuff, except for those moments where like Michael and Holly actually end up dating or whatever. Right. Know? Right. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, it's a it's a good start to the season. Like this season really picks up in the back half. That's just you know with like Michael Scott Paper Company and. That kind of stuff. Right. Almost too much, I got to say. I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but I think the Michael Scott stuff is, like, too short. I think it deserved to be flushed out a little bit more. Right. I mean, it's... It's like three or four episodes, Four or right? four episodes, five, yeah. yeah. Um, the Charles Minor stuff also is, like, an interesting thing, but, like, the context in which he's there is hard because he's in the office. Right. And it, like, expedites all that stuff so much, mm-hmm. as opposed to him, like, replacing David Wallace, and then, like, now this difficult guy up at corporate, basically what Jan was, you know? Right, right. It's the same position. But, um, yeah, so I feel like some of that stuff could have been fleshed out more, and maybe other things could have been slowed down a bit, but, you know, the a way that a lot of these shows work, too, is they never really know what is going to be their last season until partway through, you know? Right. So, it's... it's it's tough, but you're right. It, there's a lot goes on, and then we get another big Jim Pam announcement at the end of it. So, right, yep. All righty. So next time we will uh, cover crime aid employee. Yeah, crime aid employee transfer, uh, customer survey, and business trip. But you can find us at brokenjars.xyz at brokenjarspod on Twitter. Um, you can find the a post for this episode on the r slash Dunder Mifflin Reddit, uh, Patreon Broken Jar or Patreon.com forward slash Broken Jars, Broken Jars Broadcasting at gmail.com if you want to email us. Uh, yeah, so we type in Broken Jars in broadcasting or podcasting, and you will find us somewhere. Actually, I think we're the. Uh, <clears throat> I think we're the first listing on Google for Broken Jars. We are. We are the first listing on Google for broken jars. Yeah, I imagine Google Shopping is not full of broken jars items, so <laughs> probably good to go. 
Yep, there it is. Broken Jars, high quality podcasts. It's interesting that High Fantasy is the number two. Again, you can find me on High Fantasy. Um, you can find me at uh, Dangerous to Go Alone. Right. We're one. Of, we're some of the multi podcasters. And I think both of those shows are bi-weekly on the off weeks of Great Scott also. So right. you'll listen to Great Scott this week. Next week, you check out High Fantasy and Dangerous to Go Alone. And then join us back again for another Great Scott. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.